It gets the people going. That song. Let's go. That song gets me going, and it gets me going. It is playoff time. It's Rich. playoff. So let's share a little bit of a inside how the sausage is made with the Pod Me Up show. We actually we we're dumb, but we actually put some thought into this. We did, and we we sampled how many different music beds when it came to the open. Like we've gone oh, through man. an extensive. We've like, gone through it, quite a few songs. We're like prestige worldwide. Like we're in the lab. We're concocting things. Now all we need is investors, possibly you. That's <laughs> that's where we're at with it. <laughs> but yeah, but this time, man. It's exciting times right now, man. It could be this a is, lot different right now had one of our teams not made the playoffs. But this is it like could be very different. Perfect. It is man, perfect. I'm seeing photos of Browns fans already now on Friday. It's probably 1030, 11:30, maybe in Houston, and they've taken over sports bars all over Houston. I'm so upset that I'm not there. Because like Browns playoff games come less frequently than leap year. So oh, wait, I, ha- I have to wait. I have to, <laughs> I have to like eclipses come more frequently than Browns playoff games. So I have to like lean all the way in when I know we're going to talk to your buddy, Max Starks later. Yep. And I'm excited about that. The Maximus Starks. There he is. Oh, yeah. Look at that guy. Look at him. that beautiful face. We're going to share the people with the people, that conversation that we had with Max, but I'm just so pumped and I did you a solid earlier. So now I'm going to pay off all my tees and I'm going to do me a solid. Oh my God. What is this? Oh, you know what it is. No, I don't. I have no idea what this is. That's scary. That face is so terrifying. Here we go again. That is gross. That is straight garbage, but okay. You're That's allowed beautiful. To- That's beautiful. Even crazier. You guys use our phrase in your song. It no, just, just add it again to it. Listen, obviously, here we go is the Steelers slogan, and then you yeah, add again to try to make it yours. That's I mean, going to be on loop. It's going to be on loop for the next. It's going to be on loop for the next. I get it. Thirty-six hours, and then God help us if we win. Uh, my wife, she, <laughs> she, she can be kicking me out the house. Oh. My daughter runs down the steps. She's like, no, not here we go again. But mm, you deserve it, is, man. You know what? This, this is a rare moment in time for you. That face is absolutely terrifying. That's how I walk around all weekend long for Browns games. I just got that look on my face. Like, and if there's like if there's like celebratory loving time, I just look at my wife. I don't know what that face says, actually. I don't know if he's happy, if he's well, sad. If that excited. face is that face says you're you're s out of luck with me. You get none. He looks so confused. <laughs> but you know what? You can have that because you know what? My man Max is on board. But before we get to him and all of his many hats that he wears, because the dude hosts so many different shows, but his main He's all over the place gig is the St- Steelers sideline, just giving back to the team that gave so much to him. But like Max, I love food. And along with my excitement for NFL playoffs, this NFL playoff food that I'm geeked about, I make the meanest buffalo chicken sliders, the meanest nacho dip, and I make a pretty mean beer bratwurst. All of that's on the menu this weekend. And it's beer bratwurst. Beer. Beer bratwurst. What did did you think I said? Beer. 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 (laughs) Beer bratwurst. No, no. Beer. Beer bratwurst. I soak it. And some gingling, some rolling rock, 
You know, got to keep the cheddar brats or regular, regular, regular beer brats. Okay. Cheddars are good, but you know, I do regular and then I add cheese on top. Okay. As long as there's some cheese, onion and some mustard. Ah, it's perfect. And the whole family gets down on this. They don't like the, they don't like the brats. The brats are all mine, but they do get the chicken, the Buffalo chicken sliders. They like the little mini Mm. cheeseburger sliders. And they love the nacho dip. The nacho dip is grade A. What's in the nacho dip? Because you made some you made some boneless chicken wings when I saw you up here in Ohio. And like the next day, my wife sent me out to the store to get the ingredients to make that. And we did. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. That is my secret recipe. I didn't tell her. It involves pickle juice, some buttermilk, and there's this special breading from Chicka Bam Bam. I think that's the name of the company. Something Bam Bam, yeah. That sets it all off. But uh I'm just as hyped for the food as I am for the game. I love mm. I've been working out hard this week. I played about five hours of tennis, got on the Peloton bike. I burned enough calories to have a deficit after uh stuffing my face with all this fried food this weekend. So what's in the nachos? It's ground I don't care turkey. about the games right now. I don't care about the games at this moment. I need to hear about this food. It's ground turkey and uh queso, white queso cheese based. With some cream cheese, some sour cream in there, some refried beans, some rotel, some. So is it like in a onions. tin, and then you just get some chips and dip into it? Yeah, I put I make okay. it in a crock pot. I put all yeah, the greens okay. into a crock pot. Okay. And let it cook, let oh, it simmer yeah. for about four hours over time, and then we got magic. Mm. We have absolute magic by the end of that, and it lasts for about four days. You can't get enough. The best, the best part about this stuff, and we're we're doing. Um, Smash burgers. We're also doing a dip. Uh, okay. I think it's it's like a Texas dip that we're gonna do uh, for the Browns game, and we're gonna do a couple other things. I've also got a tray of cheesecake bites. Okay, yep. I'm with so it. So that's gonna go down. Um, so we're gonna have a bunch of snacks here, but it also serves as comfort food if in things case. go awry, just in case. Yes, you eat it your serves. feelings. You, you need a base there because, like I told you. Work week is done. We have our shows. We will have a pregame show before the Browns game tomorrow. Yep. And a pregame show before the Steelers game. We're going so live, sure baby. We're going live. We're, we want to make sure you're tuned into X and YouTube and Facebook or wherever it is you come and look at our ugly faces mm-hmm. every day. But um, I will be inebriated quite early. <laughs> like there will be What time are you going to start? It's a, you have a 4.30 kickoff. What time will you start so initially well it's friday tonight oh, you're gonna start tonight <laughs> well i told you so we got plans tonight we're going to see nate bargazzi the comedian i told you the I wife and i are gonna go dude. see that i love that dude. and yep. I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna put my phone down tonight and just enjoy an evening and some drinks and being out and about have some dinner because okay. i'm gonna be locked in tomorrow morning because you know my schedule i get up 4 4 30 in the morning 3 30 some days so like sleeping until 6 30 is sleeping in for me right you'll be up so i'm gonna be getting it I'll, I'll be getting after it initially i thought my kids had sports stuff tomorrow well my my son doesn't now because he knocked it out earlier in the week and my daughter has softball but my wife was like i'll just take her i'm like so it might be on early your wife loves you she knows what tomorrow she, is she, she knows what tomorrow is and she's also trying to avoid what tomorrow is like any way that she can be out of here. So, so she's she got keep loving you out of sight. Out of yes. Mind. Yes. <laughs> she's got, um, she's got this bingo game that she made. where like, you're playing bingo by what I'm doing during the game. So like every time I yell or throw something or say, let's go or whatever, <laughs> she marks a square. So she's got bingo cards made up. I think maybe a couple of her friends might come over too, so they can just look at us acting a fool, but that's that's what the plan is so i may not make it if i make it for the chiefs and dolphins game i'm gonna be warm not like them right you know what's just so awesome about playoff football if you're in it you have hope you have hope you cannot make it to the big dance the big show in february until unless you're invited to the, the main dance you know if you don't earn your way to the main dance, you got to earn your way to the big dance. If you don't get an invite, there's no way you can make it. So, and you, and you can't invite yourself. Nobody invites you. Can't themselves. invite yourself. No, no. You got to get an invitation. Florida State learned that. Right. 
So Sorry, Florida State. Our teams are in the NFL playoffs and they have a chance. We have been a six seed before when they only had six seeds and gone all the way. We're the seventh seed. We could also make history as being the first seventh seed if the ball falls right for us this weekend. I'm not um, oblivious. We have an uphill battle. We're going against teams that are hot. Buffalo's a hot team right now, although it's going to be very, very, very cold on Sunday when they go up to Buffalo. We're looking at three to five inches of snow. We're looking at 40 to 50 mile per hour winds, but don't let me tell it. Our local resident meteorologist and also civil engineer, plus the man with many hats, Max Starks, came and let us know exactly how he expects things to go down in Buffalo with the Steelers. Cool. All right, Rody. I've been waiting for this all my life. It's been a long time. All my life. One of my best friends on earth, my brother from another, but also the Steelers radio sideline analyst, Steelers Nation radio host, ESPN College and NFL radio analyst, SXM SEC NFL radio host, NFL network analyst, Westwood One fill-in analyst and sideline reporter. And let me not forget, a contributor to the AZ Sports on 98.7 FM, a man with many hats, one of my yeah. best friends, and again, my brother from another, Max Starks. Let's clap it up for my guy, making it to the podcast. Pod, pod me up. How you doing, my a man? A man of class, too, with the baby grand. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, listen, the more you can do, right? You know, sometimes I like to sit around my office, which is has a lot of uh, leather-bound books that smell of rich mahogany. <laughs> And then I also I also key a couple of proses while I listen to the baby grant. Yes. In my in my beautiful mini hats. <laughs> can do it all. He even likes the symphony. I said, have you haven't you like orchestrated a symphony yeah, before? I, you I, were that guy? before? I was on the PSO board for about nine years for the Symphony Orchestra of Pittsburgh. So so yeah, I have I have guest conducted, I've guest narrated and hosted events at the symphony. So yes. I am of distinguished class at moments. So sophisticated. <laughs> Classing us up a little bit, Trey. Dude, yeah. he does class eat. of the program. He did. You know, he doesn't we eat went... chicken wings. He eats chicken. He just eats the chicken breast. <laughs> that he doesn't right? like chicken, breast. chicken <laughs> with bones in it. I like He's how so we, we, go from, we go from one episode of me talking about Mr. Harbaugh screaming at Mrs. Harbaugh during passionate time to Max Stark's. <laughs> Coming on with us, telling us about conducting symphonies. We're all over Dude, the place. We're hitting all the boxes. We are. Hey, and, thanks and for hanging out, Max. Hit my chicken tender top ten. So, full disclosure that what he's referencing that was a top ten list he made for me for Secret Santa one year about my phrases I've said in the O line room, pretty much degrading rookies uh, for the most but, part. <laughs> no, one of his many talents is that Max was a master of dad jokes before he became a dad. And so every year, every year, he would say a joke that would be so bad it was good. And so we would laugh because it was horrible, but I would secretly write it down in my notebook only to compile a David Letterman's top li- top 10 list during Christmas. And we would go down Max's top 10 <laughs> jokes of the and, season. And, and, they were Max, you got kids now. Yes, I have kids now, so dad okay. jokes are appropriate. Gonna, but so you're like dad, terrible. <laughs> you were uh, your your child, your children were born, and you're looking at them, rocking the bed, and I've been training for this moment for all my life, and you just give Trey's <laughs> yeah, top ten list of dad yeah. jokes. I was, I was like, I'm gonna get in your room when you get older, kids, just so you can know <laughs> the dedication and sacrifice that daddy put in to be said daddy. <laughs> there you go, Trey. Um, I want to talk about food. Yeah, of course. And college football with Max. But before that, uh, let's start with the weekend's game. Sunday, Steelers game. Weather nasty. Yeah. Does that help Buffalo more or the Steelers? I think it helps the Steelers more. Um, You look at the weapons that Buffalo has on the outside and how Josh Allen likes to utilize Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, right? Both of those tight ends, which I still think will be a big factor in that short to intermediate game to kind of loosen up the box defensively. So Kincaid's been playing amazing this year. Dawson Knox, already a known commodity. 
but you have two threatening tight ends. They like to run a lot of 12 personnel to run. But I honestly think this game is going to be who has the better running game because both teams like to establish the line of scrimmage. Both of them like to play in big personnel. We do our fair share of 12 and 13 personnel, two and three tight end sets. They do their fair share of two and three tight end sets by also bringing in an extra offensive lineman in a lot of their sets. So, you know, who can establish James Cook and Josh Allen versus Jalen Warren and Najee Harris? Which tandem gets going more often? Especially you were talking about the weather. I, I actually was, was on the phone with my boss talking about this. Wind gusts are supposed to get up to 50 miles an hour at the stadium. And as you know, Highmark Stadium is built into the ground. So everything comes in at ground level and then swoops down into like a pit and comes back up. Whereas mm -hmm. most stadiums are built vertically. So you get, you lose a little bit with the stadium structure. This one, no, no, no. It's like going into the pit at Sparta. Like it just goes down and it's, it's in a black hole and then comes back up again. So, and we're expecting more precipitation, 80% chance of precipitation as it stands right now, which means three to five plus inches of snowfall during the football game. So it's going to be a nasty environment. Think about that that divisional game last year between Cincy and, and Buffalo, where you're going to see visible snow on the field, probably having to clear the lines to get through this game. So it's really going to come down to which Josh Allen is coming in, the one that has mm -hmm. the fumble issues, that might throw an air and pass, that becomes an interception, like he had three turnovers last week, or is this going to be the highly efficient, we're going to run the ball, and I'm going to be very point accurate, Josh Allen, for the for their game. And then for the Steelers, much of the same, right? The last three weeks we've seen Mason Rudolph, high efficiency, no turnovers, and a solid run game, or are we going to try and get into an aerial battle because we get down early, and then now Mason's throwing 50 passes again like he did against Detroit, which was his previous start back in 2021. So I really like this kind of trench style physical upfront game because it lends itself to the Steelers. Steelers have been in 11 one score games this season and we're nine and two. So I love it if it stays tight because the Steelers have a propensity for pulling it out more often than not. Whereas you look at you look at Buffalo, they're five and four in those type of games. Nice. Uh, Max, the meteorologist and civil engineer. I told you he wears many, yeah. many hats. Yeah. Listen, listen, I can do it all. Listen, I, I can also tell your future for a fee. Uh, I got a nice <laughs> later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maximus, when you look at this, this defense, uh, I know early on a lot of the troubles that Buffalo was having before they pulled off six, five or six wins in a row, they wanted to – point the finger at the fact that the defense had a lot of injuries, but they still rank up there in the top five in yards and points given up. Uh, where does the strength in that defense lie and what can the Pittsburgh Steelers offense take advantage of? So there's three guys on that defense that make everything hum. And mm -hmm. on the back end, it's going to be Micah Hyde, Justin Poyer. And then up front, it's actually Ed Oliver. That is right. the main engine. So your three technique He's devastating. He's disrupted. The dude has nine sacks on the season, and he doesn't quite get the same billing, right? Because Justin Matabuke from from Baltimore is having is having a renaissance year for the D tackle position. He has over twelve sacks on the season. Then you mm -hmm. also look at guys like Aaron Donald. So so Ed Oliver kind of gets overshadowed in that conversation. We're thinking of interior defensive linemen and disruptiveness, but he's just as disruptive as the rest of those guys. He just doesn't get the recognition and he doesn't have the edge presence like, like the other guys have. So right. with the, with the missing of Vaughn Miller, that brings a lot of, uh, of, of cachet and interest on the, on the interior between him and Daquan Jones and the edges are average. I mean, Greg Rousseau, he hasn't really grown as a passer, even though he was a first round draft pick. He hasn't grown as a pass rusher. A.J. Epinesa is a guy that's up and coming. He's physical at the point, but he's light. So a lot of the attention gets focused on those two D tackles, and they make a lot of things happen for that defense, which frees up the fact that you don't have no more Matt Milano, who was sideline to sideline. I called him the compass. Wherever mm -hmm. direction you were, he was too. Absolutely. And you don't, have, you don't have him. So you have Trimble, who's okay and works well off of double teams and being able to shed those. And, and because of Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones allows him to free him up to make tackles, but he's a liability when it comes to some of the coverage things. So those are really the three guys, Ed Oliver at the point, and then Hyde and, po and, and Poyer on the back end. 
that's the holy trinity of that defense and why they're so good up the middle. Max Starks with me and Trey here today, getting ready to head to the Steelers game with the Bills for the playoffs. Max, a couple, I think, surprise guys, I think it'd be differences in the games, in the game for the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth, because of the weather, I think he will need to have a decent role in the passing game. Um, And then for the Bills, it's James Cook. That team and that offense has never been better than what we saw against Dallas when they actually went run the ball first and were more balanced offense. Of those two, which is more important to the team's success? James Cook is definitely pivotal for for Buffalo just because that's the only way you win the line of scrimmage. And when you, you're referencing that Dallas game, you're also referencing the last five games, this team has dominated time of possession. And you don't dominate time of possession in a passing game. It's built through the run and they've averaged, I want to say just north of 32, if not 33 minutes time of possession, which gives you the victory, right? Whoever holds the ball longer normally wins the game. So James Cook is pivotal. In that. I think for Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth is important, but he's going to be more important as a blocker rather than a catcher. Now he's going to relieve the box a little bit. If you can throw some pop passes to him, you can get a couple of flare routes to him because there, there are some interesting concepts that we run in our run game where he kind of pops. And if you can play action them when they're sucked in the box, eight, nine guys, and that that edge guy decides for one time, no, I'm just going to run down the run and prep fire with sitting wide open in the flat, that's when he's going to be deadly. But I think that's a two to three time type of situation for him as opposed to that Cincinnati game where he had nine catches for like 126 yards going up the seam. And I think Cincinnati's still trying to find him up the seam. Uh, <laughs> because game. we haven't seen it since. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen it since. So I think that's where you kind of have to look at it, but he's going to have to be effective in, in, in the run blocking game. He's going to be point of attack. He's going to be backside. Connor Hayward's our move guy for more, for all intents and purposes. So he'll be more stationary and have to work on double teams with guys. Along those lines, Maximus, I think a lot of fans see big guys get really excited when the game is going to be played in the trenches, when there is weather involved, is either rain or it's snow, and you know that it's going to be a running tight game. Us big men get excited, but I don't think fans understand exactly why it's an advantage for us offensive linemen when you get to play in the elements. Why is that? Because we get to go forward, Trey. Right. 2005 Chicago, second mm. quarter, right? Mm. <laughs> hey, gravity, right? Yeah, exactly. We get to go for it, and you, and then we watched our our what I like to affectionately call our seventh offensive line, which was Jerome Bettis. You got to see him <laughs> going down the sidelines when he break runs on 36 and 37 double. You would see him on the counter game when when Alan Fanica pulled around the edge and Dan Kreider's kicking out the linebacker. How that just creates a momentum and you start to see a defense literally on their heels. Yeah. There's no better feeling. There's right. no better feeling in the world than that, right? No better so feeling. That's why you you relish in the snow. And that's why I love snow. I don't love cold. And I'll explain the difference. I'll explain the difference. Cold is that Cleveland game in 2009, I believe it was. Where it Thursday was like night. Thursday night. Yep. And you're like, I can't touch the ground. But snow Snow, that means it's warmer. That means it's it's warm enough that we still have precipitation, but it's also warm enough that you can kind of clear it away. It's not like constant rain. Like I had that constant rain in Baltimore last week, and it was just miserable because it was oh. frigid. It wasn't cold enough to snow, and it was just torrential with the wind. That's miserable. And that's what the same thing is with really bitterly cold weather with no snow and no, nothing in the sky – because the sky almost feels still. It feels like you're cutting through glass blocks when you're running in that type of weather. Snow, it's loose. You feel almost a sense, I hate to say this, but a sense of warmth because you have snowflakes, you have the the, the actual snow melting. And that also means fun because the the footing for those guys that are really, really fast off the edge, oh, yeah. they don't become They got to take an extra step. They got to take an extra step. They got to be a little bit more wider based. Yeah. Wider base, choppy steps, whereas mm-hmm. guys who are like long striders. Like I remember when we played in that in the um, that post Sandy hurricane type game where 
we decided we wanted to reside the field. And then oh. it became one darts in the punt game. But Jason Taylor was neutralized, right? Because the field conditions, his cleats couldn't grab. Same thing when you get to this weather in Buffalo, your cleats don't grab because you're having to dig through snow and snow packs down and crunches, but it never gets away. And so you never really get all your spikes in the ground. So it's fun to go forward than to go backwards. And it's a lot easier to post and, and stabilize yourself going forward. And that defensive lineman does not like that because he can't anchor. He right. can't sit down. You know, defenses, especially on double teams, they want to anchor and split. They can't anchor and split. They got to slide and, and try and move or try and get skinny real quick. And if you reduce that surface area and you're off balance, you can't make a tackle cleanly. And Najee Harris is a guy that does not go down easily with just some ankle tackles. Well, let's hope Najee has a game like Le'Veon did a couple of years up in Buffalo oh, when man. he had this when he had a snow tires on, ran for two thirty, three yeah. touchdowns, and was knocking dudes over like 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 a bowling ball down an alley. You know, right. <laughs> he was knocking dudes over. Yeah, I actually watched that game to get me motivated uh, for for the weather, but for different reasons because I might actually have to be stationary in the cold versus <laughs> running and hitting people and having right. fun. You could just run around and run into TV crew members and. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> go, go, go find like the little, little moving camera car. My guy, yeah. Keith, uh, who actually works for CBS's, since it'll be the A crew, he's actually running our sideline camera. So I, I, I'll say, Keith, Keith, time out. Need to do some drills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max with me and Trey today. Max, last Steelers question about the Steelers Buffalo game this weekend. The Steelers defense gives up a lot of yards, but they tighten up in the red zone. And Josh Allen turns the ball over. What's the what's the number that the defense has to keep Buffalo under for the Steelers to have a chance to win this game? Uh, under twenty four. Okay, I think that's <clears throat> that's the magic number for them because I think with that twenty four, I think they're going to drive. They're going to have opportunities. I think James Cook is probably going to have two touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> but it's that it, it's it's that Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid touchdowns that we have to limit. I think we can limit that to one, and <clears throat> I feel like they're gonna—they're probably gonna kick a field goal. Um, then that's where we need to be, because I think we can score multiple times on the ground and get some pop passes. I don't think we're gonna have a Deontay seventy-one yarder by any stretch, but who knows? Depending on what the wind lets up on a certain play, if George Pickens gets open, um, he's all—we have two very dynamic, long-striding uh, wide receivers. But I think if we keep them below 24, we can keep this game. I'd say, you know, I told Trey this. Um, I said my, my prediction, 23-20 is what I'm looking at score-wise. Um, nice. <clears throat> that's just my initial prediction. Um, I think that's where it wants to be, and that's that one-score gap that we talk about that the Steelers are so good at. There's no blowout, I think, on either side capable as – the line yeah, ten like, and a half points is a lot. That's I don't that, understand how you get a ten and a half point spread. And that's the most of all the matchups. I'm like, did you not yeah. look at like Green Bay, Dallas? Did you not look at Tampa Bay, Philly? I'm like, there's other games where you could have picked this type of spread, and we're the only one that's in double digits. And I think that just goes to a sign of disrespect and people looking at algorithms versus watching the physical play of a team. Because right. if you watch the Steelers the last three weeks, there's no way you're saying, and you watch Buffalo the last couple of weeks. And the fact that they survived in Miami with three turnovers and a kick return that was the difference in the game, not mm -hmm. Josh Allen's play, there's no way you come to a 10-and-a-half-point line unless you're just putting in statistical numbers and you're saying, oh, it's a third-string quarterback versus a starter who's a pro bowler. Like, you're doing all that type of stuff. That's the only way you get to that number. Woo. Now I want to put a bow on the playoff games because there's other stuff I wanted to talk to you about. And I, okay. I do have one question for you. I got to put Trey on the spot, but before I get to that, Nick Saban retires and I lived in Florida for quite a while. Do your, do your Florida Gators have a chance back at relevancy again? This hard times down there. And I love it. I love every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a little tough right now. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, in college football and I mean, just like the same as the NFL, right. You've got to have that top tier quarterback and, Graham Mertz did a good, admirable job, but Graham Mertz isn't that elite five-star dual-threat quarterback, which is what you need in today's college football, right? Especially in the SEC. Especially yeah, in the SEC. you got to have him. Just look at Jaden Daniels, the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, right? Um, that's, where, that's where I'm concerned. 
because we had that bad taste in our mouth from two years ago where we had the fumbled situation with the kid that's now actually funny enough where I live in Arizona at Arizona State um, after we fumbled that whole NIL deal. And so I think it's really scared a lot of quarterbacks off. And then you hear about Jordan Maiava, the kid from UNLV, um, you know, now going to USC, was about to go to Georgia, back and forth, and then he ended up deciding to go to USC. We're never in those conversations for those elite five stars. Um, and that's where that's where I'm concerned that, that this might be the last year for Billy Napier if he doesn't pull some magic out of his hat because we lost and we lost uh, Travis Etienne's brother Trevor Etienne to Georgia. To Georgia, to Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so that's where I'm like, man, this is this is tough sledding. Unless we get an elite defense to come in there, which we have a couple of good kids that we signed coming in, yeah, I, I think it might be a change. And of course, for our good buddy Darnell Stapleton, who's down there on the staff, our brother from the line hey. world. You know, he state might state might be uh might be making the jump faster than we thought to the league. <laughs> Dude, we both want that for him, man. He's a hell of a yeah. line coach. Yeah, he is. But I want to train my gators. I want to train my baby gators to come. You to got the Texas, Texas, Oklahoma coming to the SEC now. So when you were there, I this was the most obnoxious thing to me when I lived in Florida. But did y'all always root for the whole conference? Yeah, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And yeah. Buckeye Nation, I took yeah. zero joy in Michigan winning a national championship. Didn't even watch. Dude, I took, I took, all, I took all the joy. By the way, I took all, like I'm happy the Big Ten won the championship. I'm not a Michigan fan either. Actually, the Big Ten was going to win the championship regardless because Washington will be in the Big Ten next year. I mean, yeah, that yeah. Work, though. There's tech. They're a pack. That's a Pac-12 champion. But, if they had but won. when they get honored next season, as if they would have gotten honored the next year, it would have been in the Big Ten honoring their championship. Well, I appreciate well original Big Ten members. How about that? And so, oh, like, I appreciate yeah. Michigan winning. See what you and maybe Florida has a taste of this. I don't come from a blue chip program. I don't claim Northwest is a blue chip program. I appreciate what we get, and we get some of that money that Michigan got winning a <laughs> national championship, and we need every bit of it for whatever transfer portal kids that decide to come to Northwestern and want to get smart and have great careers and jobs after they get done playing football. That's what I hope. See, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's just like the, the uh, individual you're dating that decides to sell you on their personality versus their looks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it real funny, and you're going to yeah. have a good time, and we're going to go on trips. Yep. I will make <laughs> you laugh. I cook. <laughs> I do cook. I clean. Yeah. I do it all. Exactly. And that's fine. You know, but the these damn spoiled ass Buckeye, 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 Buckeye fans are the most spoiled humans on earth. And uh, Rich is no exception. Uh, Rody is no exception. He yeah. does not care. He his, his hate for Michigan is so strong that he can't take joy in the fact that the Big Ten took something away from the SEC. He hates the SEC. I mean, yeah. he could take I do, some I joy. Do. No, no, it's um. So having lived in Florida, and I've told Trey this, that Florida fans are like, it's Michigan fans and Florida fans for me, and it's because of the SEC thing. I think that you guys should be better than that. You were, you guys had a good program. Don't start hanging your hat on Alabama's accomplishments and rooting for the entire SEC and doing the SEC shit. That's where I come from. As far as you're yeah. spoiled, I tell Trey this all the time. Buckeye fans on Saturdays are Steeler fans on Sundays. There's an expectation there. There's a standard that's been set, and we're all just very spoiled together. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and listen, Trey, we've experienced no firsthand in a BCS national championship. The first time Trey and I actually tailgated, which is a great story, uh, oh. it was Trey, Willie, and I. But um, I believe it was your two, you, you know, your love and your hate meeting at one place out in Arizona in Glendale. Um, it was the Gators and the Buckeyes for the national championship game back it was at 2010 returns the, the Troy Smith return, yeah Ted Ginn and yeah. immediately yeah. hurts himself Ted Ginn yeah. stays healthy Ohio State wins that game but yeah they, they probably do but they, he didn't and they didn't so we'll, we'll just, I'll, 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 I'll let you know weren't gonna win that game you don't Florida so? dominate no Florida dominated them on the offensive and defensive line and Troy Smith was on the Heisman circuit he was he was living large the month leading up to that game but Ted Ginn he, was probably not ready he was top six in Heisman voting that year, wasn't he? Wasn't he up there? Like Ted Ginn was like he was Troy like won it, and then Ted was Troy won it, and Ted was Ted got votes top five or six, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And so Ted yeah, was like the, a legit piece of that offense. Yeah, maybe but the they might Florida not defensive. It. It's a different game. The, the, the Florida defense. It's not a forty-one to seven game, but 
Right. Their their offensive and defensive line just destroyed Ohio State that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever Chris Leak wanted to do, and then whatever Tim Tebow wanted to do in the red zone, uh, it was yeah. gonna happen. It was gonna happen in that game. Um, but but no, I, I think you know, like for me for Florida, I have a lot of pride. You know, I wasn't there during the champ. I was I was I was the gap years between championships. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I was there. We were good. We should have went in 2001. Um, but we didn't, right? Tennessee game gets moved to the end of the year. We're both tied for first in the SEC East. We lose that game by two points, but then and then we go to the the Orange Bowl and was we that T Martin. No, no, no. That was um uh, God, what's his name? because uh, T Martin came right after Peyton and right. it was the kid after T Martin left. Because I came in two thousand. T Martin had already left in two thousand. My gotcha. first year two thousand, yeah. I can't think of his name. Actually, he was he was inconsequential because I don't think he made it to the league. But the defense had John Henderson, Albert Hainsworth, Will Overstreet, and a bunch of other NFL guys. So Just the defense, guys. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They were the Adonis of the D-line. Um, but, you know, Florida has this weird knack where we've had that expectation. We kind of hung off of the Urban Meyer experience, and we expect everybody to be Urban Meyer after that. And we didn't really put money into our facilities – we didn't really value recruiting as a tool as much as a lot of other schools. So that's why we've fallen behind. And that's why we're trying to make up for it, right? We just put an $85 million facility in two years ago, trying to make everything state of the art. You bring in a new coach that's making a jump from group of five to power five. And we have dueling collectives. Finally, we have one collective. But, you know, those are the there issues. You go. The NIL. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. so now, yeah, NIL. Well, NIL. we don't want to hold you for too much longer, Maximus. Thank you for your time. Yeah. But before we get out of here, okay. one of the other many hats that Max has is that he is a bacon and cheese connoisseur. Nobody knows bacon and nobody knows cheese better than Max. I learned a lot from him as a man who loves cheese. So, but to kind of bring this into focus, we're going to do a little rapid fire food okay. thing to see which one you choose. And I'll start it out. Okay. I'll start it out with something simple. And so, I'm going to call this the Pleasantly Plump Chronicles, okay? okay. And mm. I'm going to start it out first. Ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese, all the way. Ranch is good for everything. Blue cheese is only meant for chicken wings and salads. Okay, all right. Team what Ranch, baby. Let's team go Team Ranch. All day. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, that all purpose. It's great seasoning. I love I love putting it in like my little pretzel mixes that I make. I, I make a fire Chex mix now with ranch mm. seasoning. It, it's good for carrots and, and, and celery. But when it comes to chicken wings, you can't put anything but blue cheese. You need that chunky little tip of blue cheese as you oh, bite you're, that, that drum at. Oh, you're oh. talking about for chicken wings. Yeah, for chicken Real wings. Real quick, are you having buffalo wings in Buffalo? Are you going to go to the anchor room? Because I heard there was a boycott from Steeler Nation that we were to have Buffalo Wings. Yeah. And since and you don't like bone in your wings anyway. Yeah. Um, even though I do, it was just a rookie thing. But <laughs> let's just full disclosure here. Rookie Tony Hills, you know, I told him, like, we have a Popeye's order. I'm like, listen, uh -huh. I get it. You're going to go buy chicken. And, you know, you need to get chicken for the team, right? Rookies had to buy Popeye's. Before yeah, Popeye's. Had, I like yeah. I need chicken tenders, spicy chicken tenders, if yeah. not for the rest of the guys, for me. I'm telling you personally, as a rookie, I better have my spicy chicken tenders. <laughs> he decides he's rushing. He doesn't order my tenders. Yeah. So from that led to – and he tried to hand me a box of spicy chicken. Like, here, here you go. I got a separate one just for you. I opened it up. I looked. I said, I'm sorry. I don't do bones <laughs> in my chicken. <laughs> Like, tenders are not chicken, right? Like, there's a distinction. That's why you add that word after it. So we had a we had a conversation, and then all of this stuff ended up in the cold tub because of that interaction. Oh, yeah. You look at yeah. me, and you say, listen, this is what you get, uncultured swine. You bring yeah. my chicken. Yeah. These the consequences. Words matter. Words, words matter. Words matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to go a little breakfast treat for you. Pop-tarts okay. or toaster strudel? Ooh, toaster strudel because it's like the, it's crumbly. You, you have the little icing you can create your the own. Icing you is the difference. Yeah, you don't have to deal with a pre-made, you know, 
cardboard esque type of thing that Dude, does not melt about? with heat. By the way, a pop tart, the topping does not melt with heat. How's the inside melt and the outside does it? It's an anomaly and it's, it's unfair. Plastic. Yeah, I never it is. About that. I've never thought about that. Think about that, Trey. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Thanks. I love my, you know I love my what, s'mores. You know what helps? Love my yeah. pop tarts. Put yeah. a little uh, butter, just a little coated on a butter on it, and then you put it in the microwave oven. Oh, nice and nice and moist. I'm gonna try there it. There we go. There we go. All right, Max, uh, hard tacos or soft tacos? Soft all the way. Any pliable? Okay. Any pliable? Got to be able to roll it. You know, you got to do that little fold, right? Your fingers kind of got to go a little crazy as you try a crunchy taco. If you bite it the wrong way, it disintegrates. Right. All the, the hand. all the innards come out, like the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, no, and if you even squeeze it the wrong way, then all of a sudden you got to try to hold right. it together and like. And then it all that trying to drip where the soft tortilla catches it, it comes mm. down on your shirt, and it and that grease does not come out easy. By the way, it does not come out easy. A little tight stick. Yeah, let's you know, go. Uh, let's go appetizer route. Let's go cheese sticks or potato skins. Oh, cheese sticks all the way, man. Cheese sticks. I told cheese. you that, but he is a yeah. bacon connoisseur too. That I am. That was yeah. actually I a am. tough one because here's and there's the cheese on top of the potato skin. There's cheese and bacon mm. on top of the potato skin with scallions and sour mm. cream, mm. but not all potato mm. skins are equal. Whereas this I is feel true. like there's more standardization with the mozzarella sticks, so I can predict how that mozzarella stick's going to taste versus you get by the look. Yeah, by the look of it, I and can... that potato skin, I don't know because it could be hard as a rock. You're biting into it, and it has the skin on it. And then the skin feels like you're ripping a paper bag with your teeth, yep. or it could be soft and almost uncooked. So you don't know what's underneath that layer of whatever accoutrement is in the middle. So I like consistency and also uh, so yeah, and I love dipping, you know, dipping the cheese sticks in the marinara sauce, which is underrated cheese stick, by the way. Arby's Arby's tends that's, that's Arby's is just underrated altogether. I love yes. Arby's, yeah. And also, oh, I'm gonna throw honorable mention White Castle. White Castle yes. is a cheese stick as well. Nope. I can't. Yep. I can't do White Castle. Well, no, no. Don't eat the burger tray. We're not. Oh, yeah. Just the cheese burger. stick. No, they I'm have a cheese stick. Yeah, they have yeah. cheese sticks. Yeah. Oh, cheese sticks, not steak. Yeah, cheese sticks. No, no, not oh. cheese steak. No, 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 not the meat. Did you say steak? We don't, we don't need. We don't need live <laughs> all over again. Okay. <laughs> you said steak. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, last one before we let you get out of here. Me and uh Rody talked about this earlier. What give me your top three cereal okay. milks? Oh man, hold on. You can't use the chocolate cereals. We just can't use that's the just chocolate, chocolate cereals, that's just chocolate milk. So we eliminated yeah, exactly. chocolate. Yeah, no cocoa krispies or anything like yeah. that. Right. Um cinnamon toast crunch first, first place. Of course, yeah, that's unanimous. Yeah, yep. Frosted Flakes number two for me. Mm. Frosted oh. Flakes. It's uh, just straight sugar milk. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's got a little bit of that corn because you get the corn flake dissolved a little okay. bit in there. So I, I like that little texture difference. Uh -huh. The corn flakes crunching up. Um, third, Lucky Charms. Mm. That's disappointing. Did you? I went. Did, I went. I went Captain Crunch, all berries. Trying to get me on Apple I just Jack. don't. I just don't like Lucky. Yeah, Apple Jacks is uh, a quiet goat. It's just no. It's, it's right behind Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and then nobody yeah. said Golden Grams. I'm mad. Nobody well, even mentioned here's, Golden Grams. I have Golden Grams is the poor Grams. man's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. It is. It is. But the milk yeah. is amazing. Like, well, here's like, I don't know if you guys had in in Pittsburgh. Did you guys have racks? No. Or anywhere did you? It was like knockoff Arby's in Ohio. That's oh, Golden Grams, okay. the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ah, okay. See, I would have said rallies versus checkers. You know, very yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. Checkers, checkers is, is what started this for me when I moved to Florida. Yeah, yeah. I, love me, some, <laughs> I, I mean, love me some checkers. Oh, so checkers Lucky Charms is the third. Okay, I'll let you go. I'm corn pops would have been in there, but I haven't corn had pops, corn pops in like two corn decades. Pops is good. Like <laughs> corn pops is good. I thought about I, corn pops once I once I had to watch my sugar intake. Like corn pops kind of went by the wayside. <laughs> the Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch? See, no, I like Captain are, Crunch. Are but the Crunch it, Berries? Because it, no, I don't like Crunch. See, here's the thing: oh. I don't like fruity cereal tastes. It's healthy. Like, it's it's, a, a, it's a fruit. Taste. So no Fruit Loops. No, 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 fruity no Pebbles. Fruit I don't do Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, Fruity Pebbles. I don't do any of those. Honeycomb. Uh, Honeycomb's not bad. 
Yeah, honeycomb is not, but that's like corn pops, right? Yeah. You get the yeah. same yeah, yeah, flavor yeah. texture of corn pops. Um, golden grams, like you said, I mean, that's just honey on the little rolled oat. Um, you know, but I also, I was a kid that liked Raisin Bran Crunch, which was kind of crazy. I love Raisin Bran Crunch. Mm-hmm. I don't like regular Raisin Bran, but the crunch with the... Yeah, the crunch. You got to have the little granola the, ball. Uh, the yeah. granola ball and the almond. The yes. little almond piece on there. Absolutely. I, I'm in total agreement. But that milk doesn't taste great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pick this up after you get back from Buffalo, Max. Thanks again. Travel safe, my man. And uh, we'll uh, talk about it hopefully next week or in the coming weeks. That's right. Hopefully we're talking about another playoff game, fellas. Thanks. I know, right? <laughs> All right, man. Man, my guy Max can break down anything, boy. He broke down the weather. He broke down the civil engineering of the, the stadium. He that was broke, fun. He broke down to- toaster strudels. He broke down the corn that you could taste. He the, is. And the frosted flake milk. He is. He is what I call a connoisseur. He's an aristocrat. He is an aristocrat. He is one of the most interesting gentlemen in the world. Oh, yeah. The the Dosecki's guy has nothing on, on Max nothing, Starks. Nothing on Maximus. No, that was fun. Glad my brother could come on and, and we could pod him up a little bit, man. But, uh, yeah, Max was talking about the weather in Buffalo, but that's not the only game this weekend that's going to have to be oh, dealing with. Kansas City's going to get it worse. They're going to get it worse. worse. Minus four. At kickoff, like, that's not Miami, even wind chill. That's just a regular temperature. Miami has looked bad. Um, Miami has looked bad at home since mm-hmm. these injuries. You know, right. Tyree Kill's been hobbled. A chain, how's that speed? Is that speed gonna get nullified? So, before we Waddle. delve into that, what what game are you most looking forward to watching outside of your own this weekend? The Detroit game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching not just the storyline of Stafford going back to Detroit and stuff like that, but they're almost like kindred souls to the Browns. <laughs> like we were doing it at the end of yesterday's show, and I still feel that way about us. But like the Browns and the Lions are like, look at us, yeah. the thumb. <laughs> so you're rooting for the Lions just out of uh, yeah. a Lions Browns Super Bowl would be a sign of the apocalypse. So that might be our yeah. last Super Bowl on earth if the Browns and the Lions make it. If the and Browns win, I'm okay with that. Max has a um, well, a prepper uh, storage area. What do you call it? Like a what do you call it? Oh, What's he's got like a bunker. He's like got a bunker. bunker? <laughs> or at least he's, like, he's thinking about making. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> he he's does got not. Like not he has one officially, but he has enough weaponry that I know exactly oh, yeah. where I'm going when the Browns in Detroit go to the Super Bowl. Apocalypse starts. The, the exact next day because the world bunker i'm going to max's bunker me and the family are packing it up and getting to phoenix to get into bunker but uh the game i'm looking forward to the most is uh this dallas green bay game because i think the last time they played each other in the playoffs was the infamous Des, Des caught it Des caught it and he, he did that rule has since been changed and now that catch would be a, a catch yeah today's nfl but uh I'm looking forward to seeing if the Cowboys can deal with the immense pressure because this is the year that they fielded the best team. Granted, they had some some really bad games against Miami and San Fran yeah. and, and Buffalo. On the road, but they're at home. Those were all they're road at home. games. They're at home. So I, I like the Jordan Love. I, like He has really well. been flown underneath well. the radar. Like these last six games, and if you just look at the box score, dude has thirty-two touchdowns and eleven picks, and like forty-four hundred yeah. yards for passing. Like this is his first year starting post Aaron Rodgers, so it's impressive that he's been able to get that team to the playoffs uh, with not one marquee name on offense. Aaron Jones was hurt most of the year. Um, he's made a player out of Jalen Reed, and um, they had another. Their tight end was actually pretty good before he got hurt. I forgot his name, but he was a rookie as well. Um, so they, they've done well despite all that. And I think, and it's Mike McCarthy's former team. So there's a storyline there. The team that well, he took to the Super Bowl. I'm, if the Cowboys lose that game, Mike McCarthy is done. That's what In everybody's that. saying. You think so? I do. I'm here. Yeah, I think Mike, that, that might be a place for Belichick. I just don't see yeah. Belichick and Jerry Jones coexisting, but 
Yeah, he is. It's a ready. It's a ready-made team, and he's seventy the, plus. Well, he the flip side him. of that is is Bill Belichick isn't going to be around for a decade, and Jerry right. knows that. Right. Um. So you can bring him in for two years with a ready-made team to get you over that hump just to then find your young guy and do it all over again. Cause they don't need much. They got to hit this O line cause their O line is aging. Uh, and next draft. But that, that could be uh that could be the uh, Lincoln Riley call with the Oklahoma ties. And you keep on egging for Lincoln he, Riley. You really think he's going to the NFL in the next he's year? He's going to be in the NFL because USC is not going to do well in the big 10. Okay. I'm just, they're, they're not going to do well in the big 10. And he is an he's a he's a hot name. It's what you do. I mean, so if the NFL you would comes think calling, that he would have to get hired in this cycle because if if they don't do well, the uh, cachet behind his name will dwindle some. And I don't know if the NFL might coach would put, no because we still saw we saw NFL teams still wanting Harbaugh even in the middle of the you know zero and five zero and six run to Ohio State. He's just a weird guy. And but he also there's has always a place in NFL before, so it's a little bit different with him. Well, there's always a place for a guy that they think is a quarterback whisperer too, and you—I mean, you know that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like they think that, whether it's true, yeah, whether it's true or not is a whole different story. But that's what they think. Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, he's a secret name that I would not mind having as OC for Pittsburgh next year. But we'll talk about that in the off season as we. That'll uh, be a. That'll be an off-season topic. You got one right. I I nailed the Pete Carroll thing about being gone sooner rather than later. But Patriots do have a new coach. They do, and Jared Mayo. And I did call it, but that was easy actually. Uh, out of my it's, list, I think it was contractual. Didn't he have it like in his? It was like part I of would, the thing. Is he I was the be coach surprised because they named him right away. Like usually teams give it a week or two, but no. Like Belichick, the news came yesterday that he was leaving, and they announced today that Mayo is the guy. And I think that's a great hire. I think by all accounts, the players love Jared Mayo on defense. They love playing for him. Um, he's a bona fide leader, had a great career when he played for the Patriots by way of the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, so I think the Patriots got it right with that one. Are there? I don't think, other than a surprise playoff team, again, everybody's saying if Philly loses to Tampa, they'll move on from Sirianni. But that Who guy just – there's been a, quite a few people say that if they lose to Tampa that they could see them moving on from Sirianni. They're going to fire two Super Bowl. That's what well, they do. Sirianni did not win. But still, they fired Doug Peterson. They were able to rebound and make it back to the Super Bowl. So they just think they can bring in any coach to, to come in and have success. That I don't guy – he's a, he's a weird cat. He's a, he's a different cat. For sure. That's what I was gonna say. He is he's almost like the perfect fit for Philly. Like yeah. the way that he is he is smug as hell and just you, gotta, you do, but you gotta cut him some slack. I know Philly's kind of limping into the playoffs, but they lost both their coordinators and he was still able to get out to a fast start. <laughs> I don't see them firing him after his I don't either. I yeah, think I it's a Philly. I think it's a it's a Philly thing. But again, I'm coming from a different perspective. I was having to talk your fan base off the ledge about firing a great coach four weeks ago. So, with that being said, certain fan bases are just different when it comes. Like the Steelers fan base, I get it. It's a playoff thing. Like there's a mm -hmm. level of success that Steelers fans expect in the postseason. And while I don't agree with it, I understood the logic behind it. Philly fans are just illogical. It's they think that remember the fans, the fan base conversation we were having yesterday about like they think no matter what it is, it's the greatest thing ever. Uh -huh. Philly fans are like, no matter what it is, we can replace it with something better. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I mean, Howie is Howie Roseman, that's her GM. He's done, yeah. he's done a great job in there. Uh, not many teams are able to miss on a first round quarterback, have the success, go to the and win to win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, have to trade that guy, and then be able to rebound as quickly as they have to field another Super Bowl team. 
with the quarterback they drafted in the second round. So a lot of credit because they've kept that O-line together. The Jason Kelsey's and Lane Johnson are, are yeah. the rocks for that team. And I think kind of steered a drink for them. So got to give Howie Roseman and the Eagles credit, but it would be ridiculous if they tried, traded Sirianni. Who's the other Monday playoff game? There's two of them, right? No, it's just the one. Sunday just, night is Lions. Okay. Is Lions Rams. Monday night is Bucks Eagles. Okay. Okay. So let's go down the non Steelers, non Browns playoff games. Who do you have winning the Chiefs Dolphins game? Uh, Chiefs. I'll go 20 to 10. 20 to 10. I got the Chiefs. How about too. You? I got the Chiefs too. I got the Chiefs winning that game. I just don't think Miami's going to bow well in that weather. So, well, they kind of got a bye week. They got a bye week last week to kind of rest some guys and hit the reset button because they were kind of floundering. They they haven't been playing good ball either, but Miami's hurt, and it's I don't like Florida teams going north. Right. And they don't have Bradley Chubb or Jalen Phillips. Like, they, they will not be able to get pressure in that code on Patrick Mahomes. Now, let's see if the wide receivers can actually catch the ball. In Kansas City. So, but I'm I'm a big like gif and meme guy on social media, and I saw somebody put a thing up that said something along the lines of it was like Mike McDaniel looking out into a blizzard. It's like Mike McDaniel looking out the window before he goes on to cook up the most lethalist of passing plays <laughs> for this weekend in Kansas City. And I was just Dude, dying. Mike McDaniels is, might be the most quotable coach in the league. Did you see that meme? Where he's like, uh, yeah, I see it, but it's only going to get bigger. <laughs> people <laughs> <used it. laughs> oh, people use that for so many things. It was awesome. But uh, oh. I think he's going to struggle in Casey. I do like Mike Daniels as a coach. He is hilarious. I and I think he's the players funny. love him. He he's is. a breath of fresh air for coaches. All right. Uh, uh, Dallas Green Bay. Dallas at home. I think Dallas wins by more than a touchdown. I got Dallas, too. I think that is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't. Green Bay's Green not good. So I'm impressed with what Jordan Love's done this year, but we've talked ad nauseum about how bad the NFC is. The NFC is top-heavy with like three good teams and then just a bunch of meh, like in the middle. And Green I Bay falls into that. They do. Um, but I will say this next game, Rams – uh, Lions, I think either one of those teams can beat Dallas. In Dallas, actually. I think the Rams are better suited to do it. I think the Rams are one of those good teams. I yeah. think Dallas, San Francisco, and the Rams are the three best teams in the NFC right now. The Lions are okay, but Jared Goff has turned the ball over a lot more than people realize. Well, and they're also, they may be without Laporta. If they're out, if they don't have Laporta, they lose without a doubt. I think, I don't think I'm on the sun god. I'm on, I don't think there's any chance he I think plays. Do you? I don't think Laporta plays. No, um, they got two good running backs, Gibbs and, and uh, Montgomery, and the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown. He's um, good, he's, he's really real good. good. You yeah. know what? He may be, and I, I say this as somebody who is like he was off his rocker, but I've said regularly, AB may be one of the best route runners to ever play the game. Yes. Antonio Brown. And Amon Ross St. Brown reminds me a lot of him, the way that he plays the game. Yeah. That's a fair comparison. I like that. And the way in him being in a dome, like if AB had played his games, the majority of his career in a dome, (laughs) Oh, as yeah. opposed to outdoors in the ASC North, especially especially in Pittsburgh, especially yes. in Pittsburgh with that field, the, yeah, he was just the, what he was able to do with his routes on that field in that division was special. As much as I hated watching him ninja kick the hell out of my punter, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's but a... I, I, you know me, I'm one to give credit where credit is due, and AB was one of the best. He's probably top five route runners ever in the NFL. So, do you have Detroit or the Rams? Which one are you going to go with that? In Detroit. That's so tough. It is. That That is so tough. Um, 
I and this is I think Detroit is the better team, but I don't trust Jared Goff to not put the ball on the ground a couple times, and I don't trust Dan Campbell to not lose the game. Right now, his going for the, there. Sometimes coaches just do too much, and I almost think that they will be at a disadvantage being at home because of the emotion of be, playing a home playoff game in front of that crowd, where they'll they'll try to do too much. I hope I, I hope they channel it into positive energy. But I I'm thinking of that roster, and we'll talk more about the Browns and Steelers during our pregame shows. So you want to make sure you're tuned in for that Saturday and Sunday, and we'll announce. We'll, you want to announce on Twitter what time we're gonna put those up. Yeah, what, what we'll, time we're gonna the, go live? Uh, we'll go live for pregame for Steeler Nation. I will go live at 3 p.m. or no, I'm tripping at 11 a.m. on Sunday. On I will Sunday. go live, uh, giving you my preview, my keys to victory for the game against. I Buffalo. think we're thinking maybe one, one or two for, before the Browns game. We'll one have something two. up, right? For that so. pregame, so we'll go more into that, um, into the those matchups with them, but the Browns did something interesting where they had the guys who have played in and won Super Bowls talk because nobody's been there right on the Browns team. So you have to let the guys who have been there talk. It makes a difference. I'm thinking about right. And there's not a lot of them on the Browns roster, but there's a few that you can draw something, especially going against a team like Houston who has nobody who's been there before. And I'm thinking about the Lions roster and I can't off the top of my head, think of anybody who's been there who's not just been to the Super Bowl, but won meaningful games, playoff games, anything like that. Well, Jared Goff. I mean, it helps that your quarterback that's, has been there. That, that's what I mean outside of him, but he's awesome. he's part of the problem. You don't yeah. know which one you're going to get, and it's an emotional game for him. It's not just any other game. This is the team that kicks you to the curb. And dude, so, and so the Rams are one of those teams, like the Giants. They remind me of yeah, um, that's, when they that's beat a great, the Patriots. Yeah. They barely got into the playoffs, but they uh, really zeroed in and drew from the experience they had from their previous Super Bowl. And they had guys on their team that had been to the promised land and taken home the trophy. They had OCU Minora, and they had Michael Strahan. They had Justin Tuck. uh, And that D-line is what led them through the – Well, the coaches. The coaches, too. You have have certain coaches coaches who just elevate, and they're better playoff coaches than regular season coaches. The details matter more. They – they get everybody to rise to that level, and that's a great comparison analogy is the Giants. Yeah, and so that's why I'm going with the Rams. I think Stafford is the better quarterback. Uh, he's better in more crucial situations, uh, and he's not afraid. Like, he he, he he relishes those moments. You see, even in Detroit when, when the games were close and stuff, you saw what kind of competitor he was, and I think he brought that same thing to L.A., and, now that he's been a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP, he has another weapon in Puka. He has Cooper, the other kid that's been showing up, uh, Robinson. Is that who, uh, Demarcus Robinson or something like that? Yeah. Uh, the third guy who's been having a great uh, into his year, and they still got 2-2 at well. And Kyron, Kyron Williams, who he was the best yeah. running back this year, just running the ball. Nobody was better than Kyron Williams. So, And unlike every other team in this region in the Midwest, what I know Pittsburgh considers themselves East Coast for whatever reason, but when you look at Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Tennessee being in Nashville, Kansas City, the Lions aren't getting a home field advantage against a warm weather team like LA because you're right. playing in a dome. This right. actually plays to the Rams' favor. Right. So because I trust Stafford more and because I trust Sean McVay more, I'm rooting for you like crazy Lions fans. I hope the hell you win. But I think it's going to be 24-17 Rams. So far, we agree in all three of these games. What about uh, the last playoff game of the weekend, the Bucks and the Eagles? This is a tough one for me because both teams limped into the playoffs. Uh, Philly never looked particularly dominating at all this year. They won a lot of close games. Uh, offense wasn't is not the same offense as it was last year. Jalen Hurts is not the same Jalen Hurts that played last year. He still had like 15, 16 rushing touchdowns from the, the tush push or whatever. But uh, A.J. Brown is banged up. Devontae Smith is banged up. Goddard's coming off injury. All their weapons are hurting. And then you have the Bucks on the other side that are 
as Dr. Jekyll, is it Mr. Hyde, yeah. Dr. Jekyll, as it yeah. can be these last four weeks. So your boy Baker's down there was killing it a month ago. And now the last two weeks, he's he was the guy that you guys got rid of. He was why those performances was why he's not in Cleveland anymore. The last two weeks. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. There was, there's not a middle ground with Baker Mayfield, and that was his problem. It's always inconsistent. The highs are so high. He's so good and up here. But the lows are so low to where you can't even tread water. You're drowning. And that was the problem with him in Cleveland. And um, the Eagles and Bucks played earlier in the season. It was a rainy, sloppy game in Tampa. But the the Eagles were healthy. And this one's actually tough for me. And not because of Baker, but because I think Jalen Hurts is more injured than he's let on and than people realize. And because of having a defensive coach that will lean on that, I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. Being at home and having a defensive-minded head coach who will find a way to bottle up Jalen Hurts enough. If you look at the teams, they're very similar, actually, because Jalen Hurts is the same way as Baker in a lot of ways. The highs are very, very, very high, but the lows are stinky. He just doesn't have as many lows. Um, no, no, he's got far less lows than Baker, but yeah. it's the same thing. And right now, he's been riding a low stretch for a while. He has been. But I think this is the first one we're going to disagree on. I'm going to take Philly. Um, but the caveat is they need at least one of their receivers healthy. I haven't heard anything about AJ or Devontae being out for this weekend, so I'm assuming they're going to play. If he has them two and Goddard, um, even if he's not 100%, I think he can draw on the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year. Those That team has experience. That O-line has experience. That D-line has experience. And they have the best defensive line in, in Jalen Carter. And uh, the best rookie defensive lineman this year in, in football. But that defense they, is why they are as bad as they are. Because as much talent as, as they have, they've been leaky as hell. And so I don't uh, – even with the healthy defense, they haven't been – as good as you would their talent would that you would think with the talent that they have. And so I'm still taking them. I think it's going to be like a 24 to 21 type game because I think Baker and Mike Evans are going to put up some points. Richard White's going to score a touchdown in there, but I think Philly pulls it out. At the end. Well, what we do know is we have a fun week of football that matters to us. Not everybody yes. does. Not everybody does. Now I got to start placing my, uh, my degenerate activity for the weekend and I have to get ready to go to Nate Bargatze. Oh. So I will see you tomorrow. Have fun. Go live a little sweet life and uh, watch a comedian and laugh a little. Just in case I mentally prepare myself for this game. I got a menu to cook, but I am getting my my Buffalo Buffalo chicken sandwiches when you're playing Buffalo. That's bold. Bold strategy, Cotton. Because I will devour them. I will eat them up. And then poop them out. No, 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 that no, is no, why no, no. I will eat. <laughs> That's why I chose Buffalo chicken. But uh, <laughs> here, here we go, Steelers. It's about that time. It's it's about that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow for the Browns free game, man. All right, bro. All right.